We both look ugly. <laughs> I hate ugly. What's going on? Why are we both having bad hair days? I don't know. What's underneath it? Exactly. Let's dig deeper. Maybe your hair is beautiful and we just can't see it. That's true. We'll let other people be the judge. Our perception is skewed because we're hating ourselves. Body dysmorphia. Mm. What's going on over there? You're sighing. <sighs> oh my God. All right. What's happening? Um, I need help. You need help? Yeah. Can you help me? I can help you. I think. Maybe. I'll try. Really? Mm-hmm. <sighs> I'm just in one of those states where I can't... I don't know. <sighs> it's not that I don't want to be here. I mean, there's a part of me that doesn't want to be here. Here, recording this podcast? Like, yeah, but also just here, just wherever I'm at right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I just had one of those days where I just couldn't locate myself. Sorry, I'm rustling. You couldn't locate yourself? When it went, yesterday? Thanksgiving? We're recording Maybe. on the Friday the day after Thanksgiving. Yeah, that's probably what What'd it you is. What'd you do for Thanksgiving? Um, well, okay, hold on. <laughs> just, yeah, Thanksgiving. It's Thanksgiving. I feel tears coming into my eyes. I'm not sure why. I just... I didn't... Uh, I didn't do the thing that I I normally do on Thanksgiving. Um, I mean, I did have some contact with my family, but very little. And um, that was, you know, unusual for me. I just didn't want to fake it. And um, my sister actually sent a lovely text to, you know, the family. And, uh, you know, I asked for it if he wanted to contact that, if he wanted to, to, to respond. And at first he said no, but then he was like, yeah, you know, and I, he, he was, and he asked me if I had responded, and I said I wanted him to respond first because I just feel this place where I, I still, I'm disappointed with my parents. You mm -hmm. know, I'm disappointed that they still haven't reached out to Ferd to just connect or apologize. I mean, they're not going to apologize, but just about their refusal to test for COVID. When yeah, going to come. But not just that, just the way that that, right. that they responded, mm -hmm. and which was um, kind of a, like kind of fuck you, deal with it. I mean, that wasn't the language. I but just yeah, just that was like, the attitude. Yeah, whatever your problem, we're not doing it. But um, yeah, so I can I I feel myself still holding something with them, you know. And it's not just that; it's probably like years of things, you know. And so there's something that feels right about me. I, I just wrote a happy Thanksgiving, like no heart emojis, <laughs> just, just like acknowledging, you know, that I'm thinking about them, which I was. Um, but with no heart emojis. 
<laughs> you didn't want to fake it. Yeah, I didn't want to fake it. Because you hate them. Well, I'm I'm still mad at them. And You're I'm still mad them. that I'm mad at them. I'm still like, like there's a part of me that's just like, get over it. You know, it's like they're old. What are they going to do? You know, at least they're still alive. Well, you, you were know? hurt. <sighs> yeah, it's just, yeah, there's some part of me that's like, let's see who can hold out the longest, mm. you know? And you're probably going to die before that happens. Right. You're going to win. I'm going to win. Yeah, you're yeah. going to win. Right. You're going to win because they're going to die. I like it. You do? Mm-hmm. On their deathbed, though. Realize the error of their ways and they'll just be standing over them like, I fucking told you. I fucking told you. Die. With regret, remorse, and shame. <laughs> yeah. Except I, I don't want to be the person who's feeling that way when they die. You know why not? With regret, remorse, and shame, I don't no, want you'll that. You'll be feeling power and like you won. <laughs> you defeated your Will parents I? and they're dead now. I don't know about that. It's the natural way. Well, I mean. I don't know if I'm going to feel that way. I saw um, my dead husband. You know what I mean? It's like, just, it's not the same. So you're in pain because you don't feel close to your parents and your family? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's upsetting. Thanksgiving is about family and you're not, you're not feeling the love. That's right. But your sister wrote a nice message. Yeah. Warm. Mm-hmm. How'd that feel? Um, I don't know. I wasn't really feeling anything. I don't know what. <laughs> I mean, the truth is that I, I do, I do love my parents and I do care about them. And it's hard for me to not show that to them in any kind of affectionate way, you know? But I'm also angry with them, you know? Yeah. And so it's like, how, how do I do this? I mean, maybe I, maybe I, I still have to express it to them. I'm still angry with you. I love you, but I'm still angry with you. Maybe that's what I say. Are you giving yourself full permission to be angry with them? Like, do you have some judgment or shame about it? I mean, I didn't. I didn't until yesterday. What? Yeah, why? <laughs> I don't why? know. Yes, they, why, yes, can't you love them and be angry at them? Can't you love them and want to be close to them? Thanksgiving and also be is like, weird. Go fuck yourself. You guys were dicks about that thing, and I haven't forgiven you. Maybe I will. I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to forgive you. I want to forgive them. I I don't feel like I I want to force it. But Thanksgiving Thanksgiving does something. Really? Yeah. Don't. Mm. Does it do something? It doesn't for you. No. No. It doesn't do anything for me. Not not like that. 
I mean, I like Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah. Well, I grew up in Canada. Thanksgiving oh, was that's different. True. It wasn't such a big holiday. I mean, it was definitely family, but it I mean, didn't I was feel thinking- an important part of the culture the way it does down here. I mean, Thanksgiving feels like the biggest holiday in the U.S., right? I guess so. I didn't really think about it until yesterday. Yeah, everybody flies. It's the biggest, right, uh, travel day of the year, the day before Thanksgiving. So everybody's flying back to see their family. And everybody jokes yeah. about the arguments at Thanksgiving dinner. Not Christmas <laughs> dinner, Thanksgiving dinner. That's right. So yeah. it's it's the family holiday. It's yeah. the time that you go and be with your family. I didn't grow up with that, really. So all of my Thanksgivings were once I arrived in the U.S. and it was all with friends. So for me, Thanksgiving is just being with friends. Which is what I did yesterday. Yeah. Was great with my friends who flew you know from la like to be with us mm-hmm. which was really sweet you know yeah and uh yeah but yeah there is something ingrained in like this culture in my history around thanksgiving and this is the way it's supposed to be and you're supposed to be with your family you know and you're supposed to connect in a loving way hmm. but I didn't feel that way. So, <sighs> yeah. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, if it's pain about feeling disconnected from your family, I understand that. But I would like to encourage you to absolve, absolve yourself of any shame that you feel about still holding on to this. Just let yourself have it. Who cares if you're being petty? Who cares if you're holding on for too long? Let yourself have it. Yeah, yeah. you should have called me. Mm -hmm. Why didn't you call me? Exactly. Get it out. Fuck them. Fuck them. I don't (laughs) care that you're old and Chinese and that's the way you did it back in the old country. We're here now. (laughs) Fuck you. You know, there is something about you screaming in that way for me, like that that feels good. Yeah. I just want to say that. It just yeah. feels good. <sighs> yeah. It's fine. Say more. It's fine. Just say more. Well, everything's fine. Just let it be fine. Just let it be what it is. Just let yourself feel what you're feeling. I mean, that's that's the way out of it. To just be with it. It's right. judging your feelings that keeps you trapped in them. Mm. Right. I hate my parents. I, mean, I don't hate my parents, but I'm just saying, like, just <laughs> let yourself have it. Mm. I mean, so my Thanksgiving was a massive fucking brawl with diana we've been going good for a long time we've been going really really good and it all unraveled see it's thanksgiving it's i don't know yes maybe hold on well she grew up in the states yeah or did she grow up in ecuador uh she grew up hold on she grew up in the states she grew up in hold on let me okay i'm not going um, 
She grew up. She grew up in the states. She grew up in uh, Miami. No, it wasn't. It was. I don't think it had anything to do to do with Thanksgiving. It started a couple days ago. I'm not going to get into all the details, but and maybe I'll get into some of the details. But um, she unleashed on me at one point. Oh, just fully said all the things. Oh, good for you're her. Arrogant. You're a fucking <laughs> asshole. You're cruel. You got was complaining about the world. Like she just went <laughs> off. It felt great. That's awesome. Yeah, I was like, oh, yeah, good yeah, for you, go. Diana. I was like, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. That's true. She had a few things off, but you know, it was fine. It was good. Like, get it out. I felt better. I felt better. She felt better. It's like the truth is out. Like the vitriol about it is out. Like, get it out of your system. It doesn't bother me. I guess that's a thing. It's different for different people, different cultures, but I grew up, you know, my mother's from New York City. I grew up with a lot of Italians. Mm. They don't hold back. Mm -hmm. They say what they think and they get it all out. And so I grew up with that. It feels really good and safe to me. Mm. Yeah. People are like, you know, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. It's like, that feels safe to me. And other people, oh, that's abusive. I'm like, is it? You know, your grandmother's from New York, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're direct. They're Uh straight talking. And I mean, obviously it can be abusive, but I don't know. Sometimes in a fight, it's just good to, to get it all out, to mm-hmm. just clear the pipes. And mm-hmm. I don't take it personally. Right. Yeah, you don't. I just listen. I mean, because often like, I want to hear it. I want to know what's going on. How do you, what do you actually think about me? Well, and, that's a, also a way for you to feel the other person. Yeah, I can feel the other person and it brings me into deeper connection with them. Mm-hmm. It's when it's held back that's scary. I don't like that. Right. Yeah. Cause it's hidden. It's hidden. The yeah. love mask. Drop the love mask, yeah. Angela. Enough with the fucking love mask. <laughs> yeah. It's, I understand it. I mean, I have to drop the leaving defense first. Like my 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 first defense is always like I'm going to leave. Well, I left in the fight oh, like you did? never before. So Diana gets extremely defensive. This is her thing. She gets very defensive, and there's no room. Well, she got aggressive first. She got aggressive. Yeah, aggressive, defensive. Aggressive's fine. It's the defensiveness that sets me off, mm-hmm. right? And and I, get, I mean, we all get defensive. I'm not saying I don't get defensive. And I, I'm not saying that I don't have my own shit. But, and this is what happens. She gets defensive. I don't feel heard, mm-hmm. right? I'm, I'm trying to, I want her to understand me or see something or I'm trying to explain something, how I think, how I feel, what this actually is. And then she's defended. So she's not really listening. So now I'm being made bad Mm. and, or at least that's how it feels to me. And this went on for a while and I shut down. Mm. I'd Mm -hmm. never had that happen before. I just, I shut down and because I could realize there was no point in like screaming and yelling or which is my usual tactic. I'm going to try to break through the the defense with the force of my energy, mm-hmm. crack them, and then they'll start crying, and then they're vulnerable, and now we're somewhere. Right. But this time, 
I, it felt futile to me for whatever reason, or I didn't want to go there. Or I, I don't know, but I just shut down and I went and laid down on the bed and I was out for like two hours, <laughs> maybe you you, longer. You mean you fell asleep? I was in and out of sleep. Yeah. I just shut, I just, my whole system oh my shut God. down. She was like, what's going on? I'm like, I, I'm shut down, which of course triggers her because she's feeling abandoned. Right. And I wasn't, and I was saying, I'm not. This is. I'm not trying to punish you. I mean, maybe maybe I was. I don't think so. But it was. It was amazing that my system just shut down. It was the feeling of helplessness. Mm -hmm. And I, while I was in it, I was thinking about this. Must have been what it was like for me as a child with my mother. Like, mm -hmm. in some way, when mm -hmm. I didn't feel seen or heard or understood, and she felt hysterical to me. And there was nowhere to go. There was nothing I could do. So my system just, I left. Mm -hmm. I just shut down. Mm -hmm. Helpless, hopeless, mm. despair. It was brutal. This is what happened yesterday? Yesterday. And that was my you... Thanksgiving. We were supposed to go somewhere. Yeah. At, we were supposed to leave. I don't know, 3, 3.30 and at 2 o'clock she came in and I already, I've been down for like an hour. She's like, are we going to go? I'm like, I can't, I can't go. Oh yeah, I'm not, no. Mm. And she was upset about that. And I was like, you go. She's like, I don't want to go without you. But I, I secretly, not secretly, because I said it, I was like, I want you to go because I want to be alone. Mm. Mm. Yeah, we resolved it. How? Well, I'm a master therapist. <laughs> so eventually I got there. I broke it down. What was actually, I mean, she did say, let's figure out what's going on. Like she was basically like, figure it out. What is this at a certain point? And that did give me permission to drop in. And, and also, yeah, speak to it in a way that she could hear. I mean, obviously, first I had to own my own stuff. Yeah, it's this theme, you know, it came up on the last podcast that we didn't publish because I said too much about the Jews. I wasn't, the world wasn't ready for my take on the Jews or I wasn't ready. To love, share. Love the Jews. Yeah. Love the Jews. We love the Jews. The Jews. Um, uh, there's this place where uh, where I get really defended around being made bad. Mm. And and I also do things, say things that are, are going to elicit a response in people that are going to see me or accuse me of being bad. Mm -hmm. So I participate in it mm -hmm. and then I make myself the victim. Mm. So in, I had to in, own in, that. In, in order to what? I guess to... Uh, stay small to um validate my resentment yeah i mean i wonder if it's a way for you to that for for the the young part of you is trying to no matter what you do to be to be seen as good by your mother what do you mean like on some level, you that that must have what been what happened to you that your mother saw you as a, a bad kid in some way, you know, or 
No? Mm. What is this thing around being made bad? Well, I, I, I don't think my mother, I, no, I, I, I mean, I think, I, I, okay. My mother was, I don't think she made me bad explicitly. Right. I think there were aspects of me that were too much for her, that overwhelmed her, that triggered her. And so she would shut those down. And you made the story. Yeah. And maybe, she, maybe there were times she made them bad, but I definitely made them bad in myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is my, uh, yeah, my maybe aspects of my aggression or my sharpness. Mm-hmm. Like I would see things and say it. Mm, right. And she didn't like that, obviously. Mm. And I would say them in moments of crisis. Like I, <laughs> I remember one time there was a big fight. She was upset. My stepdad was there. I forget what I said, but like I just said something and she went down. My stepdad free. He came at me like he got so triggered. He like moved towards me like he was going to do something. Uh And I just looked at him because I was not afraid of him at all. Um, But yeah, it was it was shut down. So I, you know, I would say, yeah, I, I, I see things and I say them mm. and, uh, and it was a way of me having some power, but yeah, I'm, I guess there's some place I'm attached to being bad. I want to be bad. Mm. I like being bad. I mean, I saw that in the Andrew Tate interview that I did with him, that there was some attachment he had to be to being bad Mm. Mm -hmm. that he was trying to reconcile. And I related to that. Mm -hmm. Right. I guess that, yeah. So the pattern repeats itself, Mm -hmm. but it's, it's trying to heal something. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like you're trying to, you're going for something that the kid is going for something. Yeah. I'm definitely going for something. Like see me, see my goodness. Yeah. See my goodness even though I'm doing this thing mm-hmm. that's provoking or mm-hmm. that's like, like no matter what, just see, like, mm-hmm. like see beyond this thing that I'm presenting. Mm-hmm. Well, the Tihash, right. The obsidian blade of truth from, um, Mayan. the Mayan astrology mm-hmm. that Diana talks about, it can be very cutting. Mm-hmm. And, Sometimes healing is painful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Sometimes the truth is hard to feel. And and I appreciate those places in you. Mm-hmm. And there's there like it's there's that place, but there's also the place that's like unconsciously, like what you're saying. Like you yeah. you'll, you'll do things or you'll say things or you'll 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 provoke this thing unconsciously in a mm-hmm. way. And then this this energy will come to make you bad. Yeah. Yeah, I have a demand that the world see me as good. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's what I have to give up. That's what I realized. That was my takeaway from the fight. Well, you've said that many times. Yeah. It's- but it came up with Diana, with there's this place where I want her to see me or aspects of me that I want her to see. 
and appreciate and love and understand and not be triggered by. Mm. And that's just unrealistic. Mm -hmm. It's an unrealistic demand. She's not going to see me perfectly. She's not going to see all of me. She's not going to understand all of me. Nobody is. You are. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm the only one. Yeah. It's nice if people see you and understand you and get you. It's a good feeling. But not even the people who are closest to you. Not your mother, not your father, not your siblings, not you, not Diana. Nobody is going to see me perfectly. Right. Not your husband. And so you have to tolerate that. Mm -hmm. And that's a hard thing to tolerate. To be with yourself, to see yourself, to stay grounded in that. Yeah. And to see your own goodness, no matter what. I mean, I guess. In the face of somebody making you bad because something happened that triggered them. And they're going to, because they don't want to feel the pain, their pain or take responsibility for what they're feeling, they're going to make you bad. They're going to project something onto you and make you bad. Mm-hmm. And I'm an easy target because I'm a white man and I'm arrogant and obnoxious and it's easy to make me bad. Mm. Well, you're... You're an easy target because you make yourself bad there. Well, there's that. Yes, of course. They can get in. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess that's essentially what I was doing yesterday. I Making was, yourself bad? Yeah. For not loving your parents? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And in that that kind of way that right. I think is, I'm supposed to. On Thanksgiving. Any other day is fine. <laughs> can hate them on any day. <laughs> But Thanksgiving? Yeah. What about Christmas? I know. I thought about that. I was like, oh, God, I hope it's not another day like this. Are you going back to, for Christmas? No. I mean, I no? mean, we haven't been invited, you know. You haven't been invited? No. Yeah. Wow. By who? Who would invite you? Your sister? They I guess. The- I mean, I don't, I don't know what, what people are doing. I haven't been in contact with them for months. Really? Yeah. I don't know. How's that feel? It feel it. It's felt really good. Like it's it's felt really right, and mm-hmm. um, I've had a lot of space, and I feel like in in that space, I've um, I don't know. I've just s- seen myself and seen my parents in a different way, and that's felt really good. Um, and that I have this feeling like when it's time for us to all come together, it, it will be the time, and I'll be in a different place in myself and. But I, yeah, yesterday like triggered me into a, a younger place myself, mm. and that's not fun. But in any case, the the point just being like this place that can make our make ourselves bad or or you know have other people see us as bad. It's a thing. It's a thing that must be dealt well, with. Well, it's how and it's how the matrix controls us through yes. shame. Yes, this is why we got to heal this shit. Yeah, it's like my favorite. Trump clip. I mean, there's a lot of Trump clips that are my favorite, but the one where it's like, sir, Mr. President, why do you keep calling the virus the China virus? That's racist. He's like, no, it's not racist. It's not racist at all. Virus came from China. China. (laughs) Just like, but they're just trying to make him bad. He's just refused. He's like, no, I'm not. No, it's not racist. The virus came from China. That's why I call it the China virus. Obviously, there's other reasons because he wants to pin it on China. He's negotiating. But he, he, yeah, he's shameless. Mm. 
That's why they hated him. He refused to be shamed. Mm -hmm. Same with Kanye. He won't back down. Call him an anti-Semite. He won't fucking back down. He won't be shamed. He won't be controlled. Mm. Fucking A. I'm for those guys. Do you think it's true that they don't have shame? Uh, no, I don't, not necessarily. I mean, people say they're psychopaths, but I think that that's, that's why they don't experience shame or remorse or empathy. I think that's the argument. I mean, in Kanye's case, I guess he's mentally ill, but I guess a psychopathy would be that or an extreme version of psychopathy. Mm. Um, no, I'm not saying they don't experience shame, but they're not, it doesn't seem to me that they're being shamed by that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, neither is Andrew Tate. I mean, there's a lot of people. Mm-hmm. But that's where the freedom is. I mean, that's what's going on. It's, it's, it's been going on since the beginning of time. This is nothing new. It's what religion has done. Make you bad. Shame you. Sinner. Mm. Now it's you're a racist, you're a homophobe, you're whatever. Speak up against the narrative, the story. And they're going to shame you. It's evil. But you can't fight it directly. You can only fight it within yourself. Mm -hmm. Which is to see the places where you make yourself bad and heal them. And see the places where you've been conditioned to see yourself as bad. To see yourself as bad. Even if you do bad things. Like if I was working with some mass murderer in prison as this therapist, I'd be like, well, you're going to have to forgive yourself. Hmm. Because as long as you're making yourself bad for what you've done, there's no redemption. You can feel remorse and regret and shame, like a a healthy shame. There's definitely a healthy shame. But why, you know, why did, why do killers kill? Why are people abusive? I'm, I'm sure it's not because they're bad. I'm sure in almost every case. I mean, this, this, this guy who just shot up the uh, nightclub last week, Mm -hmm. where was that? Ohio? Was that in Ohio? Uh, no, Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, right. Colorado Springs. Did you see that guy's dad Mm-mm. interviewed? I mean, his dad is nuts. His dad's completely mentally ill. So you're looking at that and you're going, well, of course, this kid's crazy. This kid is completely mentally ill. And we how want to create know, a story. How, hmm? do you, how did you? How, I mean, I didn't see it. There was an interview how, with him. Yeah, how did you deduce that he's mentally ill? It's, he's like a, like a home, a crazy homeless person. Oh. I, mean, I don't know if he's actually homeless, but that's he looks like that. He comes off like that. Mm. And he's just saying crazy shit. And okay, so that was that guy's dad. And you're mm-hmm. like, the, the kid's fucked. Mm-hmm. He's fucked. Mm-hmm. There's no chance. That's why he's shooting up a nightclub. Not because he's a bad person or he hates LGBTQ people. He's insane. And it's mm-hmm. everywhere. 
It doesn't absolve him of his crimes or his sins. But this is the key thing. The moment you make yourself bad, like really bad, like I'm bad. I'm unredeemable. I can't be loved. It's over. You're in hell. And from that place, what else are you going to do mm-hmm. but commit more atrocities? Because then you're going to turn to resentment. Well, fuck it then. You're either going to kill yourself or you're going to do harm. Continue to do harm mm-hmm. out of resentment and anger and mm-hmm. despair and frustration. You have to be willing to forgive yourself for everything in the moment. How do you do that? How do you do it? Yeah. Just do it. It's a choice. I'm getting better at it. What, how do you, how do you do it? I just notice the, I, I breathe into my body. So it's like the, the, you know, I made a video about it. I don't know if we want to get into that whole thing again, but um, we got some feedback that was critical and very critical of me in particular, both of us, but, and I could feel shame creep up as I was reading this email and I felt my body contract. I felt that feeling, you know, the feeling of shame in your body. It's like an emptiness in your solar plexus Mm. or in your stomach. You know, it's a feeling. Mm Mm-hmm. So I started to identify that feeling of shame years ago in Ann's school. And then I thought, well, what if I just breathe into that feeling? Like just because it wants to contract. And what if I don't let it contract? What if I just breathe into it and stand up tall and just expand my chest and Mm. just see what happens? And what happened was I didn't feel shame. I didn't experience shame. It was like literally by changing... The po- my posture and deepening my breath and not allowing myself to contract, the shame stopped. And what happened in your mind? What happened in my mind was like, it's okay, I'm okay. And then I can actually see what's happening more clearly. Maybe I did do something wrong. Maybe I did say something that was hurtful or harmful. Okay. Well, I didn't have bad intentions. And even if I did have bad intentions, it was unconscious. And it was motivated by something from my past that was extraordinarily painful and scary. And all human beings do this all the time. So my responsibility in that moment is to look at it, to consider, definitely to take responsibility, to try to understand it. But it doesn't serve anything to make myself bad, to annihilate myself. Mm. And also, it doesn't serve the person, mm-hmm. right? So if someone is critical of you and they're projecting onto you, they they feel hurt or scared and they want to make you bad and you buy into that story, you make yourself bad. Well, now that person doesn't have to feel what they need to feel, which is that they were scared and hurt. Mm. And that's what we're doing. I think most of the problems in the world right now, and I have this problem. I mean, I'm I'm battling it every day. So this is how I know. We don't want to face what the world is. Mm-hmm. Right. It's cruel. It's not fair. Evil is everywhere. We rationalize, we judge, we blame. 
we're in power games. We lie. It's it. That's what the world is. We hurt each other. Mm-hmm. It's also love and beauty, and creativity and flow. All of that. But it's both things. And I think it's really hard to accept the truth of what the world is, mm-hmm. and therefore what we are, what you are. What do you mean? That you are dark. Right. That there's a killer inside you. There's Mm -hmm. a part of you that hates, resents, wants to control, wants to win, wants to punish, Mm -hmm. doesn't care about other people, doesn't care what they feel, selfish. That's everyone. Mm -hmm. And the best way to not have that part of you in control is to acknowledge it as it comes up. Which is why if I'm in a fight with somebody and they're like, you're a fucking asshole. I fucking hate you. I want to fucking kill you. I want to punish you to the end of time. I want you to suffer. I'm like, okay, good. This is good. Mm -hmm. That feels good. Because yeah, the truth is out because you're, you are doing that. Mm -hmm. You're just doing it in unconscious, subtle ways. But now that you've made it explicit, that it's out in the open, we can work with it. Then you have can make a choice. Mm-hmm. But if you're not aware of it, there's no choice. So you literally just changed your physiology. Yes. Like- Big believer in this breathe and sit up Mm -hmm. like as opposed to i mean i like the the posture of shame is is really it's it's shoulders hunched and head down yeah right and constriction i mean i'm i'm doing it right now so i can just i can feel something shift like as i'm i'm sitting up and breathing more deeply yeah yeah, because in that place, I mean, I have this with Ferd, like when we get into arguments um, and he, if he, if he goes into a place of shame, we can't go anywhere. Yeah, exactly. It's terrible. Mm-hmm. And it feels like a, it, it's, it's a kind of defense. Mm-hmm. Um, whether, I mean, it's not a, like, it's not necessarily about me shaming him, you know, it's just it's it's usually not. It's just he he goes into that place as mm-hmm. the defense, and so it's like I can feel myself like I can't I can't I can't penetrate can't move it. right like nothing can move forward from that place. right and and then we're we're stuck yeah or if I go into a place of shame same you yeah know, it's like there's there's nowhere it can move maybe that's the point right yeah and it's disconnecting. It doesn't serve anything. It kills life. Right. Right. If I, if we were married and I cheated on you and I was just in shame, like I've done a bad thing. Oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know, I'm a bad person. How can I make this up to you? I can't believe I did that. Like that doesn't help you. Mm-hmm. It's like, what's better is if I tell the truth, which was like, you know, whatever that may be. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I fucking, I was selfish mm-hmm. or I was angry with you or I wanted to punish you or. Or I had needs that I was afraid to ask you mm-hmm. for. So I got them met somewhere else. Like, But in shame, you can't get to the truth. Right. 
Mm-hmm. Well, this is why when in our workshops, when somebody's hitting, it's the same concept, I think. If somebody's hitting and they're bringing out an aspect of himself that that wasn't allowed in their history as a child, they're bringing out their anger. So they're just hitting and they're saying, fuck you, dad, or whatever it is. And they're bringing out their aggression. And very often when they stop hitting, they'll collapse. Right. They'll, yes. And you have to be, no, 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 no. Stand tall. Like mm-hmm. stand tall. Breathe into this. Feel yourself here. Mm-hmm. Right. Don't shame yourself. Don't make yourself bad. Like you need to get used to feeling this energy run through you and that it's okay. It's a good part of you. Mm -hmm. You need your fuck you. Mm -hmm. Now you couldn't say that as a child because it wasn't safe, but you definitely needed it in life. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to stand up for yourself and just feel the goodness of that. Mm -hmm. And then you ask the group, how's that feel? And they're like, it feels great. Feels good, man. Feel your strength. And they're like, oh, fuck, okay. It changes them in that moment where it's like, but if they collapse and they're in their history they or they leave, right? Sometimes they'll hit and you'll see their their eyes go off. They're, they're thinking, they're trying to process or trying to make sense of it. That's another tell for them leaving. You know, stay here, be here, present with this feeling, with this emotion, with your aggression. Look at people from this place. See, it's okay. Mm-hmm. You're okay. There's nothing wrong. It's mm-hmm. just an aspect of you. Mm-hmm. So yes, physiologically, it's important to deal with the body. That's such a, you know, that thing that you just said, how people go to their head. When you say just be here, be present, people actually think that when you're in your head, like being in your head is being here. Yeah. It's like they don't they don't know the difference. Like, what does that mean? You know, mm-hmm. like to be in your body. Like, what does that actually mean? And so they, they it's it's it, it's very confusing for for people. Yeah, it's true. That's why I don't trust people who don't lift. <laughs> that it's the greatest line ever. Maybe I've said it before in the podcast, but Alexander Juan Antonio Cortez, who's just like so fucking funny on Twitter and Instagram. He's his line is like, "Bro, do you e- bro, do you even lift?" is a totally legitimate question to ask if I'm going to take your opinion seriously. Oh. He's exactly right. This fucking nerd Sam Bankman-Fried, does he lift? Does he deadlift? No, you can't trust him. The guy's gross. He's getting a lot of airtime. He's air time. gross. Look at him. He's gross. He's weird. You can see it. It's dark in there. There's no alignment. I who is he? What is I just said FTX. His name. He's the FTX guy. Oh, right. He definitely does not lift. Crypto. Uh-huh. But the point is, you know, lift. But it's like, are you in your body? You can't trust people that are not in their body, that are in their head. Because the body has an intelligence. It has its own intelligence. It's more intelligent than your mind. Right? Isn't there a Nietzsche quote about that? There's more intelligence in your body than something with your... But we're a rational society. We're a mind, head oriented culture. Mm-hmm. 
but all great artistry comes from flow state, which is no mind. Mm-hmm. All right, Krishna Murdy, I don't mind. That's his. I don't. I don't mind. It's a, you know double meaning. Like I don't mind. Like whatever's happening, I don't mind. I don't mind it, but also like I don't mind. Right. I don't think. I don't let my thoughts control me. I don't buy into the story. Which is the other thing that is so important. It's just, you know, you have to be aware of the stories that you're telling yourself about what's happening. Are they true? Well, I'm just noticing in my body right now, like I feel so much better than when I came in here today. Thank you. Like $400. I... <laughs> That's it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're cheap. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, I, I, I can feel uh, that I'm more connected to myself. Right. It's like there, there's something about the, the lifting of the shame around how I was feeling. Right. You had a story that you're supposed to feel love and connection with your parents on Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. That's a story. That's a demand. That's an expectation. Mm -hmm. And you don't. Mm -hmm. So now you're in conflict with yourself. Mm -hmm. There's a bind. And now you experience shame and doubt and fear, Mm -hmm. frustration. But if you just let yourself feel what you're feeling in the moment, You'll see that everything's okay. And you'll see, I bet, that when you let yourself feel that you're angry at your parents, that you're still resentful, that you think they're fucking stupid and small, and they owe you something, you really give yourself permission to feel that Mm -hmm. and let yourself have it. It actually creates more space for you to love them. Exactly. And you're like, ah, fuck. And then you can forgive them. Right. Hmm. Aw. Fuck them. <laughs> I'll never forgive. Speaking of speaking of your parents. Yeah. I don't think we've ever actually talked about this what? on the podcast. The f- have we have we have we talked about the fact that your father's died? Mm. No. I don't think so. I don't think so. And I just want to s- let people know that that episode that where I came at you, you know, where I, I, I stood up for myself, right. You know, we had that big fight. That was the day after your dad died. Yeah. And you didn't tell me, I didn't know that. I was going to bring it up at that time. I know, but I I just, I don't know. It was like, I thought about, I thought about it yesterday in fact. Mm -hmm. And, uh, just wondering like, I don't, I don't know. know. I'm not, I, I don't, death is like, doesn't, doesn't, I'm just like, okay, he's not here, but he's still here. I don't know. Do you miss your dad? No, I feel him you all do? the time. I feel oh. him right here all the time. I just oh. call him. Oh. It's like, hey dad. And then he, I can feel him here and I talk to him and I'm just like, I don't, same with my grandmother. I haven't had a lot of people die, but death, I don't know if I'm a psychopath or I'm in denial about something, but. I mean, I think if Diana died or you died, you know, I'd have a different reaction. But my dad was old. Yeah. He, I knew he was going to die eventually. He, I talked to him about 
three months before he died, maybe maybe two months, but you know, when we had the conversation. And he had He knew. He had he lung, knew. lung what was it? No, he didn't have lung cancer, but he had some lung issue. And he was a smoker, right? He was a long yeah, smoker, lifetime smoker, and he had this lung issue and he was just fading. And he knew it was fading and we talked about it and he was like, you know, it's my time. It might be my time. It's coming. Like, of course, it's all good. You know, everybody dies. And that's sort of the attitude around death in my family. Mm. My mom has that. My dad has that. My brother has that. We're very much like, yeah, you know, we're all going to die. So when COVID hit, it was my dad and my mom were both like, well, if it's my time, you know, it's my time. Mm. Not that, you know, my mom, I think, was vaccinated and took precautions. But my dad was, no, he was, he's like me. Mm -hmm. It's like, fuck those people. I'm not getting vaccinated. (laughs) You're trying to kill me. (laughs) What was your, what what was your dad's name? Bob. Bob. Mm -hmm. So you call on Bob whenever you. Yeah. 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 I mean, I made peace with my father. I love my father. Mm. I felt his love for me. Mm. Everything was said that needed to be said. Mm. We had a lot of great times together Mm. as a child. I mean, he wasn't around a lot and it was painful, certainly. And I came to terms with all of it. Did a lot of processing around missing my dad, Mm. the longing that I had for him. But I came to terms with it. And... I just accepted him and loved him and I have no, nothing. There's nothing, there's no regret or remorse or I feel clean with him. Mm. So, and I talked to him, you know, on the phone just before he passed and I couldn't get into Canada, of course, because I was unvaccinated, but I also, I didn't feel like I needed to. And I, and I talked to him about it. I said, Dad, do you want me to come? He's like, ah, I look, no, I look like hell, man. You don't have to come. He was just like, you don't oh. want to see me. I don't know why you want you to see me. Oh, wow. And I was like, I understood that. And uh, we spoke on the phone the day before he passed. And he was barely understandable. But, you know, we said all the things. And and then he passed. And I went to Sundance. And I uh, I was pierced facing the north. Which, you know, Canada. So I, mm-hmm. I, I definitely, you know, my piercing was a prayer for my father mm. at Sundance. I think I told, yeah, it all happened. Right. I was in South Dakota when we had that episode. We recorded that episode when you were mad at me. Oh, I was in South right. Dakota. Yes. And so after that, I just found out my father died. And then we went to dinner, my mother and I and her husband. And I told her. She didn't know. Oh. I was like, did you know dad died? Whoa. <laughs> she, because she was in touch with his sister. So I'd assume that she knew, but she didn't. And uh, yeah, she cried. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mm-hmm. I used to feel shame about my father 
when I was younger in my twenties, when people would say, what does your father do? And my father, most of his life was like a car salesman. And then he became a cab driver, drove taxi. And I was at the University of Toronto, Victoria College, which was somewhat of a prestigious college. There were a lot of rich kids there. Mm. And their dads were CEOs and Mm. important people. Mm -hmm. And so it was always a tricky question. Like, what's your dad do? He drives a cab. I wanted to avoid it. I didn't want to talk about my dad. And my friend, Pat Vendetti, brought it up to me he's like you know you never talk about your dad oh wow i was like huh and i thought about it and i thought oh he's right i don't talk about my dad i felt shame and then when i was i mean i've told this story before but it's worth telling again because it's an incredible story about synchronicity mm. I mean, I I wrote about it. It's on my website. But when I was 28, I was in New York City, just starting to make it as an actor. And I I booked a pilot, finally. And so I was going to fly out to LA and and shoot this pilot for CBS. And it was a big breakthrough for me after struggling for a lot of years. But before I was going to go out to LA, I was going to go to Spain to shoot this Heineken beer commercial (laughs) that I'd booked which was also kind of cool. I, mm-hmm. I, it was a cool commercial. I was being flown to Spain. and So on my way to the airport, uh, when I walked out of my apartment on 102nd and West End Avenue, there was a Puerto Rican guy across the street wearing a Denver hockey sweatshirt. And my mm-hmm. father played hockey at Denver. And mm-hmm. that's how I thought of my dad growing up. He was a hockey player. And there was a book by this guy, Keith Magnuson, who played in the NHL talking about his days at Denver and he mentioned my father in the book. So, and I saw pictures of him in his uniform and it was, it that was the place I felt proud of my father and connected to him. And so when I saw this guy wearing the Denver hockey sweatshirt, I, I screamed out like, Hey, my dad played hockey at Denver. (laughs) And he looked at me like he didn't know what I was talking about (laughs) and he didn't fucking care. And I realized you probably just picked this sweatshirt up at a you know used store Goodwill. and was just wearing it doing construction. He's like, okay, buddy. But it, you know, it stayed with me because I'd never seen anyone wearing a Denver hockey sweatshirt before. And I I would have remembered. Then I fly to Spain, Sevilla, Spain, and I meet the guy that I'm gonna, I'm gonna do this commercial with. And he's a 50-year-old man, he's an American living in Rome. He was an ex-model. He had that look. And uh, so we're hanging out at the hotel bar talking. And uh, he tells me that he went to Denver University. Mm. And I said, that's where my parents met. I said, when were you there? It's like late 60s. I'm like, that's when they were there. I said, my dad played in the hockey team. He said, oh, I went to all the hockey games. Everyone Mm. did. What was your dad's name? I said, Bob Sutcliffe. He said, oh, I knew your dad. I watched him play. <laughs> oh <God>. So great. <laughs> I mean, I was just stunned. Right. 
And at the time, I've been thinking a lot about my dad, about our relationship, or really the lack of relationship that we had. And I had done a little bit of therapy at this point and talked about it. And I started to realize that if I want a relationship with my father, I was going to have to be the one to make it happen. Mm. That he just didn't have the skill. Mm-hmm. And so when I got back from that trip, I called him and I told him what was happening in my life, this is the success that I was having. And he said that he was proud of me and I just started crying, Aww. I mean, quietly. And I realized, oh, that's all I ever wanted. That's all I ever needed to hear from him, that he was proud of me. And that was it. Mm. Then... You know, I reached out to him on the regular. You know, we visited each other. I started making money as an actor. So I'd fly him out and, and my two half brothers because he, he was remarried, had two more boys and and really made an effort to get to know them and, and get to know him and mm-hmm. and that I could facilitate that because I had, I had money. Mm-hmm. So we, you know, bring him out to LA, go to the, Dodger game, things like that. And uh, so, yeah, I feel like I, I don't know. I did it. I feel proud of all of that. Mm. So when he passed, I don't know. I felt peaceful about it. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's so beautiful to hear that story. I feel very. It's a crazy story. I mean, what the fuck are the odds of that? Yeah. I mean, that, there's no way. That was, I mean, I I was already at that point in my life, somewhat open to the mysteries of the universe, to all of the, the mysticism and- You were already open at that point? I was open yeah. to, I mean, I was reading a lot of different things. Mm. Terrence McKenna and mm. Ken Wilber and oh. other things. I can't remember, what else was I reading? But I was starting to read psychology and spirituality and mysticism and uh opening up to yeah things like synchronicity but that moment was like okay fuck this is real like that's not a Mm. that's 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 fucking crazy Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then i started seeing denver everywhere now that could be uh the what is it the dunning kruger effect i think they call it Mm -hmm. When you're interested in buying a yellow Volkswagen and then you see yellow Volkswagens everywhere. Right, People exactly. are like, no, it's a sign, bro. It's like, <laughs> no, dude, it's not a sign. It's like how I see Ford Broncos everywhere. Yeah. I, I have this conversation with Diane. I'm like, I understand. Maybe it's a sign. Also, let me just read you this study on the Dunning-Kruger effect. She's like, no. I'm like, Okay. Okay. But yeah, I mean, that story, but the whole story of just you, the way that you reconnected with your dad and, and that you have really, I feel it. Like I feel how you have made peace with him and that there was nothing left to say or to do with him, you know, and, you know, I, that's the best place that you can be with somebody when they pass. Yeah. And that's where I want to be with my parents. I don't think that that's true, which is why the story is really touching. 
you know? Right. Um, but yeah, yeah, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. The father. Yeah, the father. <sighs> yeah. The patriarchy. I'm hearing a lot of stories about people who haven't had relationships with their fathers or have had really abusive or, um, uh, you know, dysfunctional relationships with Mm -hmm. the father. And it's, it's so painful. Maybe even, I mean, I, I hear a lot with the mother, obviously, but I'm just hearing more. Not sure why that's hmm. that's coming into my field. I'm just aware of it more. So it's it's I don't know. It's just interesting to hear your relationship with your father and and where it got to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The father wound is big. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm as you know I'm pro patriarchy. I'm for the patriarchy. I think we need more patriarchy. Mm. And I understand that people have feelings about that. But what I mean is that men have to take more responsibility. Men have to lead. And they haven't been for whatever reason. And uh, I think a lot of the problems that are going on in the culture because of men not showing up Mm. in the way that they need to. And there's been a corruption in the values. And, uh, yeah, the father brings order and brings structure. And without order and structure, things will spin into chaos. And it, it, it's also, you know, I don't want to, I mean, I, I remember John Wineland wrote this piece um, a couple of years ago, maybe three or four years ago during the Me Too movement where he, he, like men have to take responsibility for this. This is like all on men, 100% on men. And it, I mean, he, he wrote it from a place of, there was a charge to it, let's say. Mm. And I remember reading it thinking, no, no, that's, that's not true. It's not a hundred percent, man. That's that, like, in a way you're, you're, you're infantilizing women. Like women aren't responsible for anything. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, okay, no, but I understood his point. And, and it was, it was, I'm, it was good that he expressed it. And there, there is something to that, you know, that uh, men have been uh, corrupted for whatever reason, but it's not the patriarchy. It's not the setup. It's uh, that the values got corrupted. The country got corrupted. Men got corrupted. And uh, isn't that part of, I mean. Isn't that part of what? The patriarchy is, it to me is the natural order of things. Men, men should lead. You know, I do believe that. I mean, once you get into the masculine feminine dynamic, like how it actually works, you see that it's like 
that it, it, you know we've talked about this before and it's it's it exists in our relationship when we're working together and definitely exists in my relationship with diana like we're we're navigating it and once you understand that both parties have a responsibility equal responsibility in the relationship but there's a dynamic between the masculine and the feminine they're not the same mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and it's, it's it doesn't need to be necessarily perfectly rigid but I just think each party has to take responsibility for what they're, they have to do in the relationship and in the world and how they have to show up. And that the issue around the patriarchy or around feminism, I always felt this. It's like, well, we look at uh, men are more important than women or men are more valuable than women or men have higher status in the culture than women. And that, the way that we're going to change that is that women are going to become leaders. Women are going to get into politics. Women are going to run corporations. But what if it's, we just change the value system toward honoring women and mothers and childcare workers. Like we, the distortion was how much importance we placed on banking systems and the men who are running that like mm. it, it's not the patriarchy it's that the patriarchy was corrupted it's it's not the patriarchy in and of itself mm. but to me the patriarchy just represents like men lead and i think that's correct i think men have to lead and if men are leading in a way that is honorable and in relationship with the feminine then everything's fine yeah you're 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 talking about masculine and feminine energy yeah yeah because if two men are together or two women are together you're saying here's what you're saying is that masculine energy leads yes Mm -hmm. it's just that it's in the dance the man leads the masculine leads Mm mm-hmm it's better. It's what people want. It's what women want. Women women want men to lead. I mean, you said that to me, right? You lead. Mm-hmm. Right. You don't want to lead. Well, because when in the, that dynamic, I get a lot of freedom yeah. to be as like there, there's something that I, I can relax into right. that allows a, a, a true energy in myself to emerge. Mm-hmm. And, and then from that place, I feel my own, I mean, you can call it leadership, but there's, there's something right. in that, that place that feels just true about myself, the essence right. of myself. Right. And, and, you know, we, yeah, we've, we've talked about this, but the, the shame around me asking you to lead or, right. you know, is, has been kind of the, the, the part that's, that, that was, mm-hmm. I had to get, I had to, I had to work through something right. in myself in that place. But your, um, your, the way that you held it and the way that like that you held me in that place was so, uh, it, I just felt shameless. 
you know? And right. so in that place, then I, I could explore deeper and deeper. I mean, I, I still am, you know, it's like, like, even when you ask me like, Hey, do you want to podcast? Like you, you lead in some way you're, right. you're like inviting me and right. I'm like, okay, I'm going to come, but I'm, I don't know how I'm going to come. I don't know how I'm going to show up, but I'm, I, I'm assuming that you're going to hold the frame in this place, you know? And there's, there's some way in which it feels good to me. Like, like I, I trust it now. Yeah. Well, it's my job. Well, you take it that you take it seriously in that way. Yeah. It's my responsibility. I appreciate that a lot. And your responsibility, and you've said this before, is to support me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is very powerful. Mm-hmm. Right? So if I'm in trouble or if I don't know what to do when we're leading a workshop, like you don't, you come to me. Like you you look to strengthen me. And, you know, I was talking about this with Diana the other day. Yesterday, actually. Um, men run the world. Okay, yeah, I, I understand technically that's true, but it, it's it's a, it's it's not a very uh, interesting way to look at it. It's not deep enough because in the masculine feminine dynamic, you you through the force of your love and encouragement and support, you can make me a king. Yeah, right. And mm-hmm. this is what I was saying to Diana: like, you can you can, everything you want. Everything you're longing for in your life. What, what does she want? She wants, I mean, she wants to work and be successful and all of that. But she she's oriented towards home, like mm-hmm. a lot of women are, right? Nesting. She wants nice things in the home. She wants a, a big house. She wants those classic things. Well, is she going to go out and earn the money to make that happen? She could, but it's not totally her inclination. It's definitely my inclination. Mm-hmm. I, that's a very interesting job to me. I like that job. And I'm willing to take on the responsibility for that. So the best way that she can get what she wants is by devoting herself to me. Mm-hmm. By supporting me, by loving me, by encouraging me. Mm-hmm. Right? By making, helping me feel loved. And like, you're, you got it, baby. You're going to go out and do it, you know, so that I feel supported. And then I go out, so I feel like I can go out and crush the world. And no matter what happens, I've got someone to come home to who's going to soothe my wounds and uh, and love me. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to feel secure. And if I feel secure in that way, it's much more likely that when I go out into the world, I'm going to be stronger. I'm going to get what I want, which gets her what she wants. Mm-hmm. Right. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So nobody's in control. Nobody's in charge. Nobody's running anything. It's a a perfect unit working together to create something. Mm -hmm. That's what it is. That's my, that's my, my favorite scene in Maverick. Did you see that movie? Yeah. Um, It's like near the end where Tom Cruise, he gets, he gets fired from Top Gun. Right. Right. Like the, the, like the John, John Hamm's character is like, like (laughs) you're out. Right. And he goes to Jennifer Connelly. Yeah. And Penny, and and he's basically. How many know, times have you seen this? Well, we, we Ferd Penny. You remember yeah, her name? Well, only because we just saw it again last night. Because oh, okay. Ferd's seen it three times now. Oh my god! And so yeah, so um, she, but she, 
he comes to her and he's basically like, you know, they fired me, you know, and, and she's like, well, what are you going to do? And right. he's like, well, there's nothing I can do. And she's, the way that she does it, it's like, it's so beautiful. And I, I don't know, I, I'm, I, every time I'm just like, she, she doesn't shame him, but she just is basically like, go back in. You're going to figure this out, mm-hmm. you know, like, 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 like I, I, you got to figure this out. Yeah. Basically. And, and it's not that he just, she doesn't say it that way, but she says it with the energy of that, you Mm -hmm. know? And, and he gets it. He's like, and, and he, there's something that you can see. It's like, Oh, I got to figure this out, you know? And, and so, and he does. Yeah. And so it's like, I don't know that, that to me is what my energy feels like. Yeah. I guess maybe that's why I like that scene so much. It's like, it's, it's not, uh, like you have to figure this out for me, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like, no, I a hundred percent believe in you. Yes. I see you Mm -hmm. and I, like, I know what's there. Yes. And I'm not, I'm not giving up on that. Right. This this is just what it is Mm -hmm. for better, for worse. That's it. Yeah. You know? And, uh, you can, you know, you can collapse and you can yeah. have your tantrums and you can, you know, do whatever you're going to do. But sorry, you know, like <laughs> this is right. And so the other the flip side to John Wineland's essay about it's all men's fault, which we we could agree on. We could say, well, no, it's all women's fault because they haven't been supporting their men. They haven't been challenging their men. They haven't been holding their men accountable. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It goes both ways. That's my point. Mm-hmm. Right. It's 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 both. It's not one. It's not the other. It's mm-hmm. both. We've both failed mm-hmm. in our responsibilities. We've both men and women, or the masculine and feminine, have been corrupted in this enterprise. And everybody's got to look at themselves and see where do I need to take responsibility? Like mm-hmm. where am I not in my integrity? Mm-hmm. And also, what is my role here in life like you don't get everything you want in life and this is something that i'm coming to terms with because i'm i can be unbelievably selfish i want what i want Mm -hmm. it's like well yes and maybe we needed to go through that as a culture but also like how am i here to serve Mm -hmm. right here's the situation in front of me this is these are the cards i've been dealt this is what i have to do and you can resent it. You can not like it. You can push back against it. But that's not going to get you anywhere. Mm-hmm. That's not going to change reality. Mm-hmm. You can't change reality. This is reality. You got to meet it where it is. You got to surrender to it. You got to accept it and do the work that's in front of you. Mm-hmm. And men and women generally have different work. Now, I understand you know, that we've been locked into our gender roles for a long time. And, and that can and should and has changed. And that's good. That's all good. Nobody should be locked in. But... Um, we don't have to throw the whole thing out mm-hmm. and we shouldn't lose the essence of the thing because the essence of the thing is actually, it, there's God in that. Mm. Right. That's where God is. Mm-hmm. And so the feminine in me, right? Cause it's a feminine part of me. Mm-hmm. What's my job is to surrender. It's the feminine part of me that surrenders and obeys God. Mm. I must surrender and obey God. 
the Father. And just, if you feel that, it feels good. Surrender and obey. Now, the Father can become corrupt and totalitarian, but, you know, we have to keep our eye on that. But, like, in general, like, surrender and obey. Have faith and trust in the Father. Right? And the masculine is, I have to do the work. I have to hold the container. I have to hold the frame. I have to provide. Right? I have to protect. Both come with a tremendous amount of responsibility. I get it. I mean, I think about these women back in the day when they were settling the West, where the men were like, I mean, who knows? But like, there's a, I'm sure there's infinite dynamics. Sometimes it was the women like, we're fucking moving out to the West. And the guy's like, all right. But, you know, in general, I suspect it was like the men, that masculine is more the explorer. So like, we're, let's hook up the wagon, you know, we're going to go out West on this adventure. And if you're the woman, like, you're just going along. Mm-hmm. You got no choice. If this dude wants to go, you're going with him. Mm-hmm. And you got to surrender to that. And that's fucking hard. Mm-hmm. You got to surrender to your man and his lead. Now, you can influence him. And if you're a really smart woman, you can influence, you can totally control him. Uh-huh. Like, right. you can get him to do what you want him to do and think that it's his decision. Mm-hmm. And maybe that might be the right tactic at a certain time. But there are times you you have to just follow. And maybe he's making a, mis- a mistake. Well, maybe that's a mistake that he has to make. Mm-hmm. And you got to let him make it. And trust that. Mm-hmm. And that's your job. That's your responsibility. Like there's beauty in that. And there's a, it's also, it's a spiritual path. A spiritual path. It's a, it's a spiritual practice. Right. Mm. And it's deep. You could sign up for it or not, but I mean, in general, I think all of our suffering comes from just this resistance to accepting life as it is. And I, I'm guilty of it. I mean, I don't know if this is what you mean, but what comes to mind is, um, you know, you had said, this was many years ago now, but you you were like, men just want to be appreciated, acknowledged and appreciated for right. what they're doing for their woman. Right. And when you said it to me, you know, I was like, yeah, but he's not doing the dishes right. You know, like, right, right, like, right. like I need to tell him, you know, and I just made a decision in that moment. I was like, you know what? I'm going to just start appreciating Ferd for whatever he's doing. I'm right. just going to, I'm going to thank him. I'm going to tell him, you know, like just acknowledge what the, the, the things that he's doing for, for me, for us. And I made it a practice and it's changed so much of our relationship and I mean it like I'm, I'm I'm like for people who are listening this is a real thing like I I just started appreciating for for everything that he was doing the dishes the, the the like just the little things like you know picking up his socks or whatever it is you know oh, you'd thanks. say thank you yeah and I'd say it in a very genuine way 
Mm. Like not, not, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, like a real appreciation because I, I, you know, I grew up in a, a family that was like, a, you know, my mom criticized my dad all the time. Right. You know? And so that's what I learned. Yeah. So that's what I did. And so I, I just stopped doing that. I mean, you know, not, I'm not perfect at it, but so I started to notice that like for, Ferd responded. In like, what way? He, it was like he probably did more. Yeah, he did more. Exactly. He did. He did more. He did. He did it better. I mean, the other day, he like. He Listen was, up, ladies. I mean, this is not that hard. <laughs> We're not that complicated. It no, it was a real thing, and yeah, he and like he he's. Like the way now he's telling me how to do the, you know, like the, you should right. do this. And I was like, oh, okay. You know, it's interesting. It's hmm. just interesting how the dynamic started to shift. Right. And, you know, he cares more about things that I wanted him to care about, but only because of the appreciation. If I had, you know, if I was criticizing him, he'd, st- he'd either stop or just, it would be a different thing. But right. It, it definitely does something to, our relationship. Yeah. And so in that way, I do think of it as a deeply spiritual, like what you're saying. Right. And and he wants to be appreciated. Who doesn't, you know? Well, he wants to make you happy. Right. That's true. He does. He does. Yeah. He actually said that yesterday. He's like, what, well, you know, I want, I, I think he actually said, I want to make you happy. Something like that. Mm-hmm. It was really, it was really beautiful. Well, I know the, the... I want you to be happy. Yeah, the happy wife, happy life meme lately has been getting some criticism, you know, even... Yeah, that's a, yeah you shouldn't subvert yourself to your woman to make her happy, like, right. for sure. But it still, it still holds true. Like, I want Diana to be happy. Right. Now, I'm not going to betray myself to make her happy. Right. That, that's not going to work. because For no other reason, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It's not a good strategy. But she has needs. And I want to make sure that they're taken care of. Mm-hmm. That she feels loved. That she feels appreciated. That mm-hmm. she feels she gets the attention she wants, you know. Or whatever whatever it is. You know, and, and you have to, you know, you have to be careful and Everybody's got to take responsibility for their own shit as well. I mean, that's where it gets tricky. It's tricky. Yeah. It's very, very tricky. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Where we make demands on our partners to fulfill. Yeah. I mean, we got into unmet needs, you know. Yeah, exactly. We got into a little thing yesterday because, you know, I. I wasn't explicit with what I wanted Mm -hmm. and, and needed from him. And he didn't know. But there was a place when, like, I just, I, like, in my, in the young place in me, I was like, I want you to know without me having to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> Men get in so much trouble with that, you know? What do you mean? Like, it's, you know, I mean, I just led a, a training. So it's like, you know, these women are like the, the place of the defense that says, like, like, that, that doesn't acknowledge your own need, you know? Yeah. So, I need the man to know what I need. Yeah. Or has shame around their need. Yeah. Like I need, I, 
I, I, but that's but that they're not aware of the shame. They no. just want the man to know what they need, and when the man doesn't, they punish him for it. Exactly. But the truth is, they need to ask for what they need. Yes, and Grow be specific up. about yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's not an easy one for me. No, it's not an easy one for me either. I've I've gotten better at it because I got called out on it early in the relationship by Diana. She was just well, just ask for what you fucking need. You know what I mean? And I was like. Okay. And I started to, and it's gotten way better, but we had this exact situation because during our scrap, she went down hard, Mm. like some father stuff. I asked a question and she cried for like 20 minutes Mm. and I won't get into it, but she had a, it was a very powerful healing Mm. and, uh, it was deep. And, you know, she said, I don't think I've ever cried like that. And she had this pain in her hip and it all went away. Wow. And so after that, we went to bed and I could feel that she wanted to be held. Mm. But there was just some part of me was like, you have to ask. Mm. And I was like, do you need anything? And she's kind of looked at me like, what the fuck do you think I need? (laughs) You know, I just was crying for half an hour. Why are you holding me? And... And there was a way I, I, you know, my, why am I doing this? But this happens in workshops all the time where you, yeah, there's something that just felt really important that she, I don't know why, like for her to like ask for what she needed, yeah. her to say, like, I need you to hold me. Yeah. And so I kind of held the line mm. and. And eventually she, it was super vulnerable for her. Yes. Yes. So, like she did not want to say it. And the eventually most she vulnerable. did. Yeah. And I don't think she understood. I think she was mad at me a little bit. But then yesterday she admitted, yeah, I have a heart. Like I need to, I need to learn to ask for what I need. Like mm-hmm. that's part of what's happening here is that I'm, I'm not asking for what I need. Mm-hmm. We, we did a, a whole um, exercise around that where we had each person ask the group for something that they wanted or needed from the group. They could mm-hmm. ask the whole group or individual members. Right. But the most important part of that was to ask. Like, because yeah, there are you ways ask. you can say, like, hey, you know, like, I need a hug, you know? Mm-hmm. That's not an ask, you no. know? Like, but to ask, like, from a vulnerable place, like, mm-hmm hey will you hug me right now right johnny could you hold me or yeah and 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 to leave space for the person to say no right you know that's what's so vulnerable yeah you know because you it's like like it's so hard you know like in in that place to hear the no you know yeah but to know that if you do like it'll be okay. Yeah, you'll be fine. You can ask somebody else. Yeah, exactly. Well, they have this thing with the, the guys who struggle to get dates, right? These these coaches. Mm-hmm. I mean, probably not anymore, but because of Tinder and Bumble. But back in the day, they'd get a group of guys together and they're like, all right, this is your exercise. You got to go out and uh, you got to get three numbers. Mm-hmm. You got two hours, roam around the city. And uh, so you got to start asking out girls. And what's the... That's a lot of women you have to ask out to get three fucking numbers, right? right. right? Unless you're like super hot, and the the guy super hot guys are probably not at this workshop, right? So what happens is they have to face their fear, and by the end of that day, they're not afraid to approach women and and start a conversation. Mm. 
They're not afraid of the rejection anymore. It's just practice. Right, exactly. It's the same concept. Yeah. Right? They're terrified. They're going to be annihilated. Some girl's going to be mean to them or they make them bad and wrong. Wow, and your number, whatever, you know? And then they realize it's okay. Mm-hmm. It's okay. You know? I mean, I, just coming around full circle before I got here, um, I today I, I knew that I was in a, in a, in a state and... And I thought about it before I came in and I was like, like, because I could feel this place that was just like really bristly, you know, and prickly. Like I was mm-hmm. going to be like, I don't want to be here and, you right. know, or, or maybe even cancel today or just, you know. And then I thought like, okay, Angela, there's something that you need from Dave, you know, here. Mm-hmm. And so then I, I was like, oh God, like I could feel my, just my resistance, you know, to it. But then when I thought about what I really needed from you, what I was going to ask was, Hey Dave, will you, will you be gentle with me today? Mm. And, um, God, it's still like it, you know, like I, it's, it's so vulnerable to ask for that. And then I thought, I mean, I, I, that I would ask you if I needed to ask you, but that, I know that when I actually do need help, you are very gentle with me when I when I ask in that place, and you you are generally very helpful, and that the thing for me was not to push it away, you know, mm-hmm. like for for me to not create a situation where I wouldn't get what I needed, and so that's that was kind of just my intention today. It's just like don't. Just don't, don't do that. That So I didn't ask for it specifically, but you, you know, you didn't, you didn't, I, I wasn't doing something where I was pushing that away. Right, right. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. You were where you were, you were vulnerable. Yeah. I could pick up on that and. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Cause if you're not, if you're hiding, if you're defending, if you're pretending. Which I was totally in that energy. Right. I'm uh-huh. totally coming after you. Yeah, exactly. Until we get to it. Uh-huh. Yeah. And I'm not going to be nice about it. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Sorry. <laughs> but I'm just Well, saying. I'm offended. <laughs> but I'm just saying like, yeah, I mean, you do pick up on that energy. And I was mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to come. I'm not going to, I'm not going to not get what I need today. Like the, there, was, right. there was some intention that I had. You can always get what you need. Yeah, exactly. And used to say that in the workshops. You can always get what you need. Or if you're not getting what you need, that's a sign that you're holding back. Right. Yeah. What are you holding back? Mm-hmm. What are you afraid to say? What's the risk you need to take? Mm-hmm. Which intuitively we know is correct. Mm-hmm. But yeah. we demand, we put the demand on the other person that they do something mm-hmm. without asking. Mm -hmm. you have to be vulnerable Hmm. I'm not doing it fuck that it's for other people I just teach them how to do it but I will never do it fuck no no chance you hate your need no I don't mind it did you see Stutz not yet you told me about it it's great it's great yeah why did you bring it up well, just because you can see very clearly that he's a outstanding master psychotherapist 
all kinds of skills and tools and just a good, good man. And he's got his stuff. Hmm. And it all comes up. And it's beautiful. Mm. Mm-hmm. Right. It's beautiful. Which you- I guess is the risk of this podcast. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we've moved past that risk. Have we? Everyone's aware that we're totally insane. Yeah. But nevertheless, when we're, we can be present for them. And... Yeah. Well, and I think that that's... Well, we're trying to lead by example. Exactly. That we all have our genius right. and brilliance and we have our complete human weakness and foibles. Right. And... Especially you. <laughs> I'm a little more evolved than you. Slightly. Oh, yeah. Dave is de- mm-hmm. demonstrating his weakness right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I'm demonstrating comedy skills. This is a fucking podcast. It needs to be entertaining. Right. And my arrogance can be funny sometimes. Come on, people! Oh. I love you, Dave. Do you? I do. Hmm. Mm-hmm. I love you, too. Mm. Is that enough? It's enough. 135. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.